Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. I've got my global reach mug today. Thought that that would be appropriate as we talk about the gospel, which ought to have a global reach. Hope you're having a good day in the Lord. Get those postcards coming in if you think about it. Uh, Mark chapter 1, and uh, we covered uh, at the end of last episode the verse about John saying, I I baptize with water. Uh, But the one that comes after me, he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost. So I can show you the symbol, but he will bring the substance. And we understand that as New Testament believers today, we don't receive the Holy Ghost at some point after we're saved. Uh, Although that did happen with the disciples and that did happen with the uh, Samaritans and even with Cornelius to a degree. But with New Testament believers, at the moment of our salvation, we are indwelt by the Spirit of God. That's why Paul said in Romans chapter 8, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Uh, Paul told the Corinthians, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So I wanted to make that clear. Now, Mark chapter 1 and verse number 9 is where we are today. And we're still talking about this this ministry of John, uh, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the first verse in the book of Mark. But remember, we're introducing Christ by introducing the one who introduces Christ. And that's exactly how the prophecy unfolded in Malachi chapter 3. I'm going to send the messenger who prepares the way of the messenger. So here we're still talking about John the Baptist, his ministry. Verse number 9 And it came to pass in those days that Jesus was come from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. So here now we see the introduction of Jesus as he's baptized by John. So up until this time, most of the people that are coming are being baptized. They're coming from Judea. They're coming from Jerusalem, as the Bible said. But the Bible says that Jesus now comes from Galilee, down to this place, Bethabara, which I could take you there in Israel. It's just, there's not much there. And the muddy Jordan River is not much to see. But Jesus came down to be baptized of John. Now, did John and Jesus know each other? Had they ever met before? Perhaps, perhaps at one of the feast times growing up. Remember, Mary had gone down to visit her cousin Elizabeth when Elizabeth was pregnant with John the Baptist, and certainly they knew each other in the sense that their families knew each other. Uh, But what we find here is a decision on the part of Jesus to inaugurate his public ministry. So Jesus leaves his little village of Nazareth, where he has lived for 30 years, or not all 30 years, but he's lived, lived there the majority of his life. And he's been raised by Joseph and Mary. He has other brothers and sisters. 
Uh, he has worked as a carpenter, a builder, we would say today. But now at age 30, Jesus is beginning his public ministry. Interestingly, that's when a Levite or a priest would begin public ministry at age 30. So Jesus now comes to inaugurate his ministry, and he's going to do so publicly. Now remember, great crowds are coming and hearing John the Baptist. He is the most popular preacher and speaker of the day. So what better place to demonstrate publicly the beginning of your ministry than to go to where John is? And Jesus asks John to baptize him. He wants to be an example to others. Now, did Jesus need to be baptized? Of course not. But Jesus is being baptized in order to fulfill all righteousness. So Jesus is an example for us of a righteous standard. Look at verse number 10 of our text. And straightway, uh, I think the other passage, uh, Bible passage, talks about uh, initially, John is, is reluctant. No, I, I don't need to baptize you. You need to baptize me. And Jesus says, no, no, this is the way it ought to be to fulfill all righteousness. Just trust me, John. And so John does. He baptizes Jesus. And what's interesting is what happens. How is the baptism itself an inauguration of Jesus' ministry? Well, it is because Jesus did it. It is because John performed it. But there's much greater evidence than even those two clues. Look at verse number 10. And straightway, coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opened. Wow, the heavens opened. Like the sky opened, like to see into the unseen. The heavens opened. Then the Bible says, and the Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit, like a dove descending upon him. So now we we see a physical manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Now you can't see the Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit a dove? No, he's not a dove. But the Bible is saying that he's manifesting himself in this instance as a dove. So there's some kind of a physical way by which for people to identify this is a validation. The Spirit of God, like a dove, descending and alighting upon the Lord. So a dove in the Bible was a symbol of peace. A dove in the Bible was a symbol of tranquility. A, some, a, a dove in the Bible was one of the animals that poor people could offer as sacrifice. And so the Spirit comes and descends upon Jesus in the form of a dove. So we have the Son of God, right, who is being baptized. We have the Spirit of God, who is now uh, on Jesus, has, has come and alit upon Jesus. But then watch verse number 11. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So not only do we have God the Son, Jesus, God the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove, but we have God the Father, don't we? And the voice comes from heaven. The heavens are open. A voice comes from heaven. Wow, how awesome must that have been? The validation of the voice of the Father himself. Now, obviously, Jesus in his humanity is hearing the voice of the affirming voice of his Father. And I think in a, in a kind of an illustri illustrative sense, but we all long 
for the validating voice of our Father, whether it be our human Father and certainly our Heavenly Father. And what does the Father do? He validates the inauguration of Jesus' ministry. This is my beloved Son. So this is God the Son. It's an introduction of Father about the Son to those that are listening. This is my but in whom I am well pleased. He delights to do my will. He is on mission from me. I have sent my only begotten Son into the world that the world might live through him. Hey, he is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Do you know that uh, there are only three times in the ministry of Jesus where uh, the voice of the Father is mentioned here at the beginning of Jesus' public ministry, John chapter 12, right before Jesus goes to the cross, that last week of his public life, uh, the Father says, I have glorified my name and will glorify it, right? He said that there in John 12. So the voice of the Father at the beginning of the ministry, the voice of the Father at the end of his ministry, but then uh, the voice of the Father in the middle of Jesus' ministry. Remember when Jesus and Peter, James, and John went to the Mount of Transfiguration, and there was Elijah and Moses that appeared with Jesus, but finally uh, Moses and Elijah were gone. It's just Jesus alone, and that voice from heaven, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Uh, so the Father is validating the ministry of the Son. Uh, both here at the beginning and at the middle and at the end, Jesus was on point. Jesus was on task. That's why at age 12, Jesus said to his mother and father, who were so distressed because they had lost him, uh, wished ye not, di didn't you know, I must be about my father's business. And the father was pleased with Jesus because Jesus was always bent upon doing the will of the father. Now, what pleases the father about us? How can we please our father? Well, the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And so we, as adopted sons of God, we as adopted children of God, we too can please our Father. Not, not in the same sense, obviously, that uh, the only begotten Son did, but what, what, a, uh, what a, a great thought that you and I can bring pleasure to the heart of our Father by our own obedience and fellowship of him. Well, look, please, if you would, real quickly to one last verse for today, verse number 12, where the Spirit of God now has validated the ministry of Jesus, but watch the very next thing. Ministry is inaugurated, baptism has taken place, the voice from heaven has come, and now verse number 12, and immediately. So that's a, a key word in the book of Mark, immediately, straightway. There's action, Jesus in action, movement. And immediately the spirit driveth him into the wilderness. So what is the first uh, act of leadership from the Holy Spirit to Jesus in his public ministry? To not go to people, but to go away from people, to go into the wilderness. And we know this according to the more definitive passages in Matthew 4 and in Luke 4, that the Spirit of God led Jesus to the difficult wilderness spot to be tempted of the devil. 
Too often we think of the spiritual leadership in our life only in terms of good things that happen to us. And so if something good happens to us, we say, wow, you know, God was really good, but God was really leading there. But I can see God really did something here. But, you know, God leads us uh, not only in shady green pastures, but yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. And the leadership of God takes us to tough places too. And in those tough places, God is accomplishing something yet. And so for those first 40 days of public ministry, Jesus was essentially alone in the wilderness. Not alone though, because we're going to read there were wild beasts there. Not alone, because we're going to read the devil was there. Not alone, because we're going to read the angels were there. But alone when it comes to human interaction. And there God was was inaugurating and helping him in these early days of ministry to be all that he was to be and, 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 and could be and should be for you and me. So we'll talk a little bit more about that next episode. Uh, thanks for joining us today. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time. God bless.